When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. All right, we are back here today in the John Saxon Memorial Bookmobile. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> ready for another episode of Fright School? Let's let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> let's get sickening. Oh, man. So how did it feel to be um, outside in like a public space for the first time oh. in months? Did oh, I, my gosh. Drive in like it was 86 or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was strange. Right. Because... Yeah. I like I did make an I did like consciously not drink any fluids like half an hour before I left the house just so that way I wouldn't have to use the bathroom <laughs> and risk running into a stranger who was also, you know, trying to avoid <laughs> exactly I was just like I, I and I know that like bathrooms because like, you know, people are bathrooms for the most part are fairly okay to use, especially like, you know, public restrooms that are getting serviced like more regularly than maybe they would in a non pandemic context. But I still didn't want to, you know, I'm not sure to... the bathrooms there were getting much service. <laughs> there may have been services <laughs> happening in them. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. It may the, have been a yeah, situation. The nature of the surrounding, um, the, the looks of the place is all is all I'm saying. Could be, you know, mm-hmm. could be sorted. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think that, yeah, I would have wanted to use those restrooms. Yes, I... I it was a creepy want... place, though. Once, like, the movie got going, you know, it was... I don't know. I felt kind of... It was creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was creepy. Um, so here's a... Here's a... Well, no. I'll bring that up in the second segment. Oh, <laughs> I'll bring right. this up in the second segment. It'll be it's more relevant to the actual conversation at hand. Okay. Um but but yeah, I mean it was it was nice to be like out and about and um you know, I'm slowly integrating myself into public life where I feel um I have like as much control over the situation as possible. Right. I mean, I really feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like we're at a time where, you know, since we're lacking, like very, we're lacking like strong guidance and leadership at the mm. federal level and just on all levels of government. So we're lacking that everywhere. It's coming down to like personal responsibility and right. pay to play. And so I was talking with someone earlier a while back and it's just like, it's so interesting. Cause like, for me, it's like me staying away, like keeping to myself, basically staying in my house most of the week, most of the time is like my way of not only controlling like my anxiety, but also like doing my part to help everyone else where like other people's concern is like, I need to, I need to take care of me. <laughs> So I need to go out. Right. And it's having the opposite effect. It's like, and the more you go out, the more, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a fine balance. Cause it's like, I try not to, I try not to like have those feelings of like, you know, side eye and shaming people for doing, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. Right. Whatever they feel um, they need to do. Yeah. Whatever they feel they need to do. Because like, I'm not going to, people need to go see their families like if you can see your family and they live in your general area, then like, I feel like if you need to, you're okay to take that risk. If that's something you want to do calculated, if like two couples 
want to double bubble, you know, and, right. and do like, then that's fine. It's like, um, I think something that my therapist, um, you know, as, as, oh, as we are. Oh, look at her. Uh, like, therapist. <laughs> I know. Look at me. Um, like I, any I, wealthy I think... white woman, you know, walking through the therapist. <laughs> um, I think one thing my therapist like helped me see was that like, um, you know, what is, it's good to have in your mind what, the things that you need. Like, what is it that you need to see? How is it that you need to feel in order to start reintegrating into public life? Right. right. And like, you know, I could say like, I need there to be a nationwide quarantine for a month. And I'm like, okay, well, that's <laughs> not going to happen. So, you know, what is it that needs to, what is it you need to see? And so in thinking about all those things, it's helped me kind of integrate more. Yeah. Be more okay with like integrating into society. So like, you know, I went to a grocery store for the first time since March, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I filled my car up finally for the first time since March um, last weekend. Um, I went to the beach, but it's also like, you know, these are very specific individual calculated things. Um, and then the rest of the time I'm just, you know, here in the mobile, in the bookmobile with you. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that turned into <laughs> that turned into a conversation about Joe's general anxiety about COVID. Um, That's all right. I mean, we've had a lot of them, uh, you know, over the last uh, 18, 19 episodes, whatever we're at, that we've uh, done this in in uh, in this in the midst of the pandemic. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, I, you know, we have to work, we have to, you know, do what we have to do. I, yeah. I also, I try to refrain from shaming people, of course, you know, everybody does have to make those choices for themselves, but you know, the consequences of those choices, especially right now could be extreme illness or death, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where, you know, people are having to make those decisions for themselves, you know? So it's more of like, although of course I want to have empathy and I feel for, for people, but it's like, oh man, if you get sick or, you know, something happens to you, it's just going to be very hard to be like, Hey, told you so, you know, <laughs> like you can't, you know what I mean? But I don't know, man. Maybe at the end of the day, it's all fake. QAnon. Uh, how many conspiracy theories can we mention real quick? Lizard people. 4chan. Um, <laughs> that's not a conspiracy. That's, that's an awful hate organization. Um, right. uh, yeah, lizard, lizard people. You know, so uh, maybe we're the crazy ones, you know, maybe we're the ones who are like, we're just like, we've invented this pandemic and we don't, you know, <laughs> we're being, well, so when I was at the beach, I like wore my mask the whole time. And it's like, mm -hmm. granted public trans, like, you know, outdoor transmission, especially at a beach that like, you know, is gusts of wind. And the wind was uh, actually really nice. Pretty gusty. Day. gusty. Pretty gusty. <laughs> um, it was, you, it's, it's fairly minimal. And of right. the like different things that you could be doing to like put yourself at risk, it's at the like low end of the spectrum is like going to the beach with proper social distancing. Right. We went in the middle of the day, me and uh, you know, Jimmy Kins, we went in the middle of the day and it was nice. There was like, everyone was like properly socially distant and, but like people, like everyone had their mask off. And for me, it was just kind of like, I'll just keep my mask. You know, <laughs> I was Valentina. Okay. I was like, I would like to keep it on please. Right. And everyone else, um, you know, was Nina Bonina Brown. Um, <laughs> You're like, I do not know the words to this song that these people Exactly. But I'm just going to peas and carrots my way out. Um, so yeah. So like it was, and then for me, that was like, okay, I can be here because that's going to keep me safe. Like, I feel like I'm okay to be here, but I could still wear the mask and be fine. Um, and yeah, it ended up being a really, really great time. I was really happy that we did it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was nice to be like, you know, enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, totally. And again, you know, I mean, you know, for the risk, like I did recently, I attended a little event. Uh, there was only six of us. It was in a backyard. We were all pretty, you know, spaced apart, uh, you know, and 
it, you know, it felt relatively safe, but it was kind of interesting because I, you know, we're all chatting and it's like, yeah, this, we haven't done anything since March. And people were like, really? Like, you've really been like, it's like, yeah, I mean, I go to work and I come home. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, a couple of times we've done grocery trips, you know, you got to get supplies, you got to get food, but otherwise like, no, we hadn't done anything. It was just interesting to be with a group of people who have all been um, really committing to it, you know? So we were kind of talking about just what it's been like and, you know, kind of go, you know, having this really small event, everybody had their masks, you know, we were eating and stuff. So of course masks come on and off, um, you know, but it's like, it felt, it felt pretty safe. So it's like, I feel like that is kind of the move forward is just to kind of have, you know, like we've recently set up our backyard. Now we've got all new furniture and, you know, we've made it so that it's a little bit more comfortable to stay outside. So I would like to be able to have like two people over like another couple to hang out and maybe we could make dinner and, you know, just chat and, uh, you know, and, and keep it safe. Like, I feel like that, that is, you know, at least a, a way it's still risky. Of course, it's never a, a you know, a hundred percent, but, um, yeah, I'm still not ready to go out. Like even like, um, I saw some pictures this week of like concerts where everybody had their own little box uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, that seems cool. And I really want to get back to concerts, but I'm not, I, I'm not ready for that. I don't want to do that yet. You know? And obviously we're seeing, you know, with people going back to school, transmissions are all up and, you know, schools are just shutting right back down, you know? So it's like, I, yeah, I'm not ready for these big public events yet. I'm not ready to have a big party or anything like that, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it would be nice just to be, it would be nice to see people who I don't work with. <laughs> Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And especially because like, you know, you, you know, what you do is an essential service, you know, so, so it's like you have not had the chance to like really work from home. No. Like you, and that's the thing is that, you know, uh, you're keeping, you're keeping, uh, you're keeping distant because you, A, want to go to work, but B, you don't want to like also put people that you work with in danger. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And I've been, yeah. and I've been transparent about that, you know, with people, yeah. you know, cause people call like, well, we could just come over and hang out. It's like, well, just like, I want you to be aware that I am going into a clinic every day where lots of people come through, you know? So even though we're being screened and I have, you know, I can get blood tests and I can get tested, you know, pretty regularly if I want, you know what I mean? If I feel sick, I, I also have, you know, good medical care. So it's like, I can always, find out, but it's like, I, I do want people to be able to make that decision, you know? And some people yeah. go, Oh, you're right. Never mind. We'll hit you back up. <laughs> and that's fine. Like that's yeah. perfectly acceptable, you know? So, yeah. And I, and I feel like for me, with. as someone who has made it this far, um, <laughs> this far five months into this pandemic, um, I just want to be like, how far can I go? Like, how far can I go without like putting, me and my family at risk right. like how far because it's like we've come so far and i know we have you know at the risk of quoting hairspray we've come so far we've got so far to go um and it's just like it would be really um it would be awful to kind of like just let that all go yeah <laughs> and then throw caution to the wind um and, and it's like, I've been, I've also been like really transparent with people with just like, yeah, I think like two weeks ago I started to reach my patient's threshold and I'm like, and that's pretty great because like, you know, people were re- reaching their pa- patient's threshold in like, you know, May. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. What are you talking about? Just a couple weeks into March, they were like already over it, you know, or April. I was just like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, I, I'm just starting. So it's like, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I feel, yeah. I mean, thankfully we've had this, so it's like, I, I get to talk to you. Your trivia has been a, a lifesaver for a lot of us because we're seeing each other every, every week. And then once trivia is over, we all just hang out on Zoom all night. You know, I didn't go to bed till like 11 o'clock the other night. Like we just stayed up chatting for hours. Oh shoot. I need to score the yeah, trivia you haven't from scored Friday. It yet. I haven't scored it yet. I don't know, know who won. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, like we said, um, it was, it was our friend's birthday and so we automatically win. So you just need to go ahead and post that, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it was also all, someone else's birthday we too. We don't care about her. We don't know her. Okay. Maybe you do, but we didn't. So <laughs> you should have seen us in the group too when it came by for the other person's birthday. We're like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Stealing your thunder. 
you know, to my friend. Like, yes, this is ridiculous. I can't believe somebody else has the audacity to have a birthday on the same day. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, it's Madonna's birthday today. Ah, oh, blessed be. Yes, yes. It was my mother's birthday yesterday. So we, you know, had, it was nice kind of in the morning, just, you know, thinking about her, thoughts of her. Um, you know, and then our friend's birthday was Friday. So it's been, I've been doing a lot of birthday thinking. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but more importantly, Madonna, 62 today. Yay. Yay, 62. Um, in honor I of Madonna. I was looking for something horror related, but Madonna's never really done. I mean, she played a witch in something for five minutes once, but she's never done anything really horror-esque. Um, it, at least, I'm sure she's done horrible things to people. <laughs> she's responsible for horrors. Uh, but yeah. I was trying to look. I was like, man, she's really never played in that arena, you know, with like the imagery of like horror, I felt. Is it too late? No, I mean, she certainly could. Well, I guess that's not true. She did have a video, Bad Girl, where she's like being like the, an ain't she's like partying and then I think she dies at the end and like Christopher Walken plays like the angel of death and takes her away or something. So I guess that's sort of adjacent, you know, I guess that is kind well, of, it was Christopher Walken. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think it's him in the, in the video. I haven't seen it for a long time. It's not one of my favorite songs. It is off erotica, which is one of my favorite albums, but not, not a, not a favorite song. Anyways, now, this is not, this is not MLVC podcast. <laughs> People can go if they want if they want a Madonna podcast they can listen to that uh, which I do recommend if you're a Madonna fan. Um, anyways, <laughs> and MFK Ultimate as well if you enjoy if you enjoy marrying fucking and killing. Hold on, I'm trying to figure. I was trying to figure out what MLVC Madonna Louise Veronica Chicone is yeah, that what it means? Uh huh. <laughs> That's a real podcast. That's a real podcast. So we just, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they, we're yeah, linking they, them. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely put it in, you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> randomly. That's, yeah, we won't promote, like, anything Madonna's doing necessarily, but we'll promote the <laughs> Happy birthday. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so off the rails, man. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> we just go to break now and we'll come back to discuss our, our drive-in movie experience with the rental. <laughs> Shall Let's we? do it. Let's do it. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. Uh, I'm so excited. We're going to dive into uh, 2020's The Rental, which Joe uh, Brosith and I watched at the drive-in, uh, which was a, a fun uh, throwback Thursday event. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't been to a drive-in <laughs> in like 15 years, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but first consummate professionals that we are uh we should have mentioned this in the first segment but we did not so now we're going to talk about it here uh sunday what is the date on that actually <laughs> again the 23rd i believe professionals we are professionals we are pros we are professionals um, it's the 23rd yes august 23rd yes uh sunday august 23rd at 3 p.m Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Fright School Facebook page, we are going to be doing our first ever live Fright School episode. Yay! Yay! And we are going to be discussing Demon Knight, Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Got Jada Pinkett Smith and Billy Zane in that, along with lots of other familiar faces. going to be a lot of fun, and we are inviting back our... One of our favorite guests, uh, Professor T.J. Tally, uh, Tully, to 
to the show. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a live, so stay tuned for that, please. It's our uh, special back to school event. Exactly, back to fright school. Uh, back to fright school. I mean, we we haven't left. We've been true. We've been. I mean, you know, but still, it'll be fun. It'll uh, be fun. Schools seem to be a terrifying place these days, uh, so it seems appropriate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, tune in for that. All right, Joe, the rental. Horror film. Uh, got it. Uh, Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. Directorial debut. Look at that. Uh, from a screenplay he co-wrote with uh, Joe Swanberg. Uh, we got, man, names. We got uh, Allison Brie. So excited to see her. I love her. Lovely. Uh, and Dan Stevens. Sheila Van. Jeremy Allen White. And Toby Huss, who's like a great character actor. I've been watching uh, Carnival, you know, I told you on HBO. And he's in mm-hmm. that. So it's fun the, to see him pop up. Is he, he was, the the landlord, the caretaker? Uh, yeah, the caretaker, Taylor. Uh, okay, yeah, which is oddly one of my favorite names. Like for for a boy, I like Taylor for a boy. Uh, although I never planned to have children, but that was always in the back of my mind. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring that up. You know, fun trivia fact. Uh, in case we ever do a fried school trivia, you know, that'll be a thing. What's a boy's name that Joshua likes? Uh, <laughs> should he should he be cursed with a child? Um, which is kind of how I imagine curse him. (laughs) Right. But that's kind of how I imagine that happening for me is like some figure, figure, some figure in black shows up at my doorstep with a basket, with a child, a basketed child, uh, creature. And And now it's like your, your destinies are now tied together. You must, you must raise him, uh, or her or them. Anyways. And it's Madonna. It's Madonna. Who's going to do it. It probably is Madonna. Uh, Uh, no, she would have just sacrificed the infant herself. That's like, that's the deal. You know, she's got one of those Marie Laveau American Horror Story deals worked out, I believe. Yes. Uh, Madonna's the one with the Papa Legba bargain. That was yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Back. People to- think it's just magnets, but really it's, right. you know, <laughs> it's Papa Legba. <laughs> oh man. Let's just like try. Let's just let's just keep getting distracted. This the rest of this episode, and we'll never actually discuss the movie. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the rental. What did you think, Joe? Um, the rental was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. It was. It was definitely fun. Um. There were moments where, um, again, I've been, I feel like I've been watching horror movies for, you know, I've watched over 120 something horror, different horror films so far. And so like it, there was some things where it was like fairly predictable. Um, but Mm -hmm. that was also part of the fun for me was just like, you know, how they, how do you, you know, how do you turn that on its head or how do you. Um, you know, in a in a believable way, incorporate this particular horror trope. Yeah, I'll give you that. I I, I didn't feel like it was it's breaking any new ground. I, I you know, I, but watching it was interesting because like none of we can't vacation, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> so you're like, mm-hmm. you know, we're in this new normal since this film was made and produced and put out. You know, so you're sitting there like, where are their masks? You know, mm-hmm. they're far too close to each other. Everybody needs to spread out. <laughs> everything's in this like context now, you know, when you're, when you're watching, you know, a film like this, where it's like, Oh man, I would love a getaway, you know, a vacation, a weekend getaway in a lovely Mm -hmm. house by the sea, even if somebody's uh, stalking all of us. Uh, So yeah, it, did you, so one of the reviews I read for it, they felt that the, uh, so it's kind of like a very typical slasher film in a way, you know, mm-hmm. four people go out to a cabin, there's a creepy or, you know, a house, not a cabin in this instance, but that kind of trope. Yeah. Uh, you very know, cabin in the woods type of trope. It felt very much like that, you know, creepy caretaker, uh, you know, beautiful, ominous kind of setting. Uh, and then obviously there's like stuff between the adults that are involved, mm-hmm. you know, the characters. So again, we've got uh, Dan is Charlie. Uh, Allison Brie is Michelle that who plays, she's Charlie's wife. And then Sheila Vand is Mina and Jeremy Allen uh, White as Josh, who's Mina's boyfriend and also Charlie's brother. 
Mina Mohammed. Let's oh you know, right, that's right. That was a plot. Mina point. Mohammed. That's a plot point. Uh, which that was yeah that was that was interesting. Although I mean it kind of it was sort of like um, I was confused at first because it took me a minute to realize like oh she had tried to book the place and then she kind of laid it all out. But I oh so I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the only one who missed that. Yeah, because she came back to explain that again. You know, like I mean it was early in the film, but. I, I thought maybe I missed a, a previous conversation because I felt like it had already been talked about. Um, but regardless, yes, that does play mm-hmm. a plot point. He, you know, Taylor, uh, Toby Huss, the um, uh, caretaker or whatever of this Airbnb type place, uh, you know, it obviously has some some raci- racist bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so they're all staying and there's kind of it feels like there's tension between them there's like drama and so it's like it kind of is going that way and then all of a sudden this like mass killer shows up and then you know the the film continues along as just a typical i felt a very typical like type slasher film but i was wondering if you were kind of as thrown off by that like the review i read they felt like that just kind of came out of nowhere you know kind of like have you ever seen from dusk till dawn yeah, uh-huh. okay, when the vampires so, show up. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, okay, so we're kind of going this way, and it's like kind of a robbery and like a hostage situation, and then, all, and then everybody's vampires. You're like, oh, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a vampire film. Uh, so I was just wondering if you felt as taken off. Like, did, did you get that? It did feel, it, it felt like... Once, like, the... So this is a current movie, so we'll probably... will not spoil it as much, because you could very much still watch this movie, um, and you should. Um, yeah. yeah. But there's a point where, you know, the first kill happens, or, like, the inciting mm-hmm. incident of, like, the... You know, where everything kind of snowballs from then. And, like, it just feels so out of the blue. Like, especially when it's revealed that, like you know, things are not what they seem like who they thought was the creepy person is not the creepy person. And then it just kind of goes from there. And what's interesting about all of that specifically is that like, it, it's like the movie's almost over at that point. Like there really isn't much time. It's, it goes really quick. Yeah. Um, They set up a lot between the, uh, the characters, you know, exactly. And, and it, it happens really quick. And so the thing I wanted to mention in, in, the previous segment before our commercial break was that um, I, I texted you that like, Hey, have you seen this? Maybe we should go, maybe we should watch it and do it for the show. I sent you that text that same day that I sent you that text. I actually rented the rental on iTunes. Um, and it was, it was a fairly good price for it. So I was like, Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause we're eventually going to do it on the show. And then we discovered that it was showing at the drive-in. And I was like, that's fine. Like, I have it up here. So what I ended up doing was I went back. Um, um, yesterday, I went back and I, like, went to the parts that... Because, again, like, this particular drive-in, there was, like, a fair amount of ambient light. So, yeah. you know, it's not the best kind of, like... as For a horror film at the drive-in, it's not the best to do because everything takes place in the dark. And so you're kind of straining your eyes to begin with. But... I went back and looked at certain things and I was like, oh, wow, okay, so that's what they saw and that's what they saw. And when I looked and saw where, like, everything kind of, all of that action kind of happens, there's really not much time left. It's like the last half hour, 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. Yeah, because it moves really fast. I mean, the movie's only 88 minutes long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's already a pretty short watch. Um, Yeah. And they really do kind of move that all yeah, to the end. I mean, you kind of, again, we get that standard, um, you know, you hear the breathing, very Halloween, very Michael Myers early in the movie. Obviously, somebody's watching them, you know, mm-hmm. you get those POV points. But it does seem like, yeah, that they, the main action, like, of actually seeing the person happens very, very late in the movie. And then it just and, all yeah goes from there. Exactly. Um, there was, you know, because it's like, I kept thinking like, oh yeah, this is like a cabin in the woods type trope because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, again, strangers, two couples. Right. Um, and they kind of like in the first scene, they really set up like the chemistry between two of the characters. Mm-hmm. And it was just so like, 
I was actually really surprised. I'm like, oh my God, this is very subtle how they did it. And then it kind of like plays out in, you know, as the film goes on. Um, and then there was a point where um, in their first night in the cabin, and this isn't a spoiler, but the first night in the cabin um, where the two women, you know, Mina looks over at um, Allison Brie Michelle, and yeah. thank you, Michelle. And is like, oh, do you, do you want to tell the boys like what the surprise is? And I'm sitting there and it, so when Joshua and I went to go see it, it was me and Jimmy Kins and Joshua and Sam Squanch. And we yeah. were in separate cars. <laughs> um, and I'm like sitting there and I forget that like I'm with another person. <laughs> so I'm like talking at the movie and I was like, it's drugs. It's drugs. Come on, drugs. Come on, drugs. And it was like, she had like pulled out a little baggie filled with uh, some Molly. Molly. Yeah. Um, and like in my mind, I'm just like, oh, this makes perfect sense because it's, there's the, there's the like impairment, you know, like there's the, one of the, when you think of like horror morality, right? Like horror movie morality, yeah. there's the impairment, one of the like, you know, impairments that eventually will lead to, um, you know, someone in enacting their own morality on the rest of the group. So, yeah, that was very, yeah. Some of that was very interesting, which I also felt cause you know, that's like the first night they're there and there's four mm-hmm. of them, three of them decide to do the drugs and one decides to sit out. And then the next night, the one who decided to sit out, it's like, well, let's all do the drugs again. And the other three are like, no. And then that person's just doing them by themselves. I'm like, that sounds horrifying to me. Yeah. (laughs) I would not want to be the only person on, you know, ecstasy or some other drug, you know. (laughs) Well, it was also such a red herring because like when in the first, when she's like, oh, I want to get up and go to our hike. And she's the one who brought the drugs. And it's like, I want to get up and go to our hike. So we'll do, I'll do it tomorrow with you guys. Just save me some. And I'm like, oh no, this yeah. one's going to kill everybody. <laughs> right. Which, yeah, exactly. And you know, that was kind of, yeah, that's why there are, there, there's a few times where you think this film is one thing and then you think it's something else. And that I think could have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that it could have elevated the film a little bit into something not, you know, something that wasn't. Again, this just, it really comes off as kind of a standard horror slasher kind of film in the end, you know, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not to say anything that it's bad by any means. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was like a ride. Uh, Definitely perfect thing to have like, you know, uh, know, a night, a movie night with friends to watch something Mm -hmm. kind of creepy. Um, Or, you know, if you go on vacation, you're out in, you know, the woods somewhere, like I would totally put that on. Like it would just be fun, you know. Um, if you're at an Airbnb with some people, <laughs> exactly, you know, just to be like, you know, oh, this is creepy and fun, you know, and then you have a dance party afterwards and everybody forgets about it. You know what I mean? But you have that, yeah. like, you know, that creepy moment, uh, you know, so not to say that it it's bad by any means. Like I, I, I did enjoy the movie and again, it's, you know, it, it's a bit bleak, which I enjoy. Um, but I think that that would have been interesting if the things that kind of are going on if there was like secrets revealed and then like the characters were talking about you know the the particular Mm -hmm. character it turned out to be the one orchestrating the events or something could have been really something exactly i wanted i wanted there to be a betrayal like i i wanted there to be a familiar enemy and not something that was like external that's like yeah Right. But again, I mean, like we, we saw a lot of, um, what'd you call them? You, you were like yuppies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. There's just some stone cold yuppies, you know, like, Oh, we're doing Molly at a house in the woods. Like, yeah. Look at us. <laughs> and like, it's so funny because like one of those guys, like the, um, the other brother, um, uh, I was going to say flip from, uh, <laughs> flip from shameless, um, Charlie's brother, uh, yeah, Josh, Jeremy. Allen. Josh. Yeah. So like Josh is like, you know, has no college degree and just got out of prison. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a level of desperation there. Um, yeah. They, they laid out some interesting characteristics that didn't really go anywhere to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I mean, are used, they use, they're used and they're informing but, things, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I think they could have been, you know, but again, this is something that, I think this is the kind of film that you get 
uh, I'm curious when they actually started working on it, you know, but it's like, you know, directorial debut, you know, kind of writing a horror film. This is sort of somebody who, you know, you're, you're processing all of those types of films that you've seen, like Cabin in the Woods and all like mm-hmm. the flasher films. You're trying to make something that's a little bit, you know, elevated. This, I really do feel this speaks to, um, you know, again, that sort of like yuppie fears of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to some, to some extent, you know, um, especially and given in the, this, this, con- this bigger context of COVID, it's like, oh, we're having like our happy vacation and this thing just came and torpedoes it, you know? And so we have that, yeah. like <laughs> COVID is, is ruining all of our fun, uh, you know, and to have the, okay. So yeah, let's, let's move to that real quick. So I, I hope that, I agree. I mean, not trying to like totally spoil the movie, but the masked killer, mm-hmm. the mask that they choose to wear is like this old man face. Mm-hmm. I was just curious what you thought of that, you know, cause it's like these young people, they're having fun, they're doing drugs, they're doing other things that are, well, not young, young, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. younger looking than the mask this dude is wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was an interesting choice. Especially because it felt, it looked like almost like a latex, like, and because he was kind of blurry a lot, or, you know, this, this character, it was hard to tell exactly what his face looked like. Like, is that his face? Or is he wearing a mask? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting choice that it was kind of this old, kind of like the the grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I didn't think he, it was an old makeup mask. I thought it was like... So again, like some spoilers, but again, they're the, I didn't think it was an old person's mask. I thought it was like, oh, this person has a deformity. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because of the blur, you know. It, exactly. And like, because they did not move like an old person, right? <laughs> um, you know, they didn't move like their mask would suggest. And I thought it was going to be something along the lines of like, um, you know, misunderstood, deformed you know, human being is like, uh, killing people. Right. Like a leather face, you know, like, um, something like that. I thought about, um, the, the Oracle child in Midsummer. Oh yeah. <laughs> so something like, but like, you know, with murderous designs on these two couples. And so I was thinking something along those lines. Yeah. And it there's a nice reveal at the end regarding that too. Yeah, no, totally. I'm very, yeah, I'm curious if they did. So the the movie that this reminded me of, and I, I I haven't shown this to you a little bit reminded me of is the collector. Mm -hmm. It's had a couple sequels. And so if they, they, they're interested in doing a sequel to this film and that, and Dave Franco says he has an idea for what that could look like. And maybe they would expand a little bit on, because that's the thing we just don't know. Like you get to the end, you don't really know why this person's doing what they're doing. You know, they're just, you know, some kind of serial killer or something. Um, And so the collector's kind of like that too. It's like, he shows up, he does his thing, you know, and the movie ends and then we kind of develop him out across, you know, the sequels a little bit. Um, I mean, there's some stuff in the first movie, but again, it just feels like, what the fuck was this about? You know? Mm -hmm. And I felt like this movie was kind of like that, you know? Um, So obviously we haven't even touched on the big, you know, the other um, conceit of the film is that they are being watched. They're being filmed. So everybody like that's, you know, the big, um, like the scary thing is they discover that there are cameras in the shower head. And then as the movie progresses, you realize there are cameras all over the house mm-hmm. um, and audio recording and audio recording that it's all that they're, that the, it's being, it's bugged. And like, this guy is just like living out some kind of horror film fantasy and recording it, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, um, which I, is terrifying, you know, like when you think of, being watched, <laughs> you know, like we're all mm-hmm. like, again, I feel like this is going to, you know, this is going to make people kind of wary of, uh, <laughs> Airbnbs. Um, I also feel that I could see if somebody in the next year or two does this, people are going to be pointing at this film and going like, cause it did, it, it felt like it had a, it gave you a blueprint 
on how to do it for how to commit this kind of crime and, and, and likely get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you, I, I feel like it's probably, I see, I'll, I'll take it a step darker. I feel like it's already probably been done. Oh, well, probably. Um, at least the filming. I mean, I think we yeah. would have heard, you know, I mean, I don't know. I haven't scoured the news reports for Airbnb murders, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it did make me wonder that because it is pretty much like they show, you know, a little bit of his MO of how he about mm-hmm. does what he does. And I mean, listener, you know, this Joshua, you may remember as well that like, I, I really don't like when the horror film has no explanation as mm-hmm. to the cruelty. Like there's no, there's no backstory. There's no exposition. It's just like this thing shows up and now this is the thing that right. you have to try to survive. But there's no like, there's no like, oh, he was a pedophile that they like revenge killed right. <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, they don't or, lay it all out. They don't yeah. lay it all out. Or, you know, oh, you know, the reveal at the end of Scream where we, you know, we find out the situation, how that all kind of, you know, informs itself. Like, that stuff is is good for me because it like it makes sense and it, I and for me I like like I like the murder to make sense <laughs> right you want it in film um, mythology or you exactly know, I want there to be like world building because like with right. horror you know unless it's adapted from something else there there is no like you're not world building as much as you would with other films like you're just yeah. kind of taking everything as it is. Um, and I feel like that's the most unsettling part of all of this is that not only, um, not only does this seem plausible, but I feel like it has already happened. And the final like five minutes, like the end credits are terrifying. Yeah. yeah um, so creepy. Yeah. Which but again, like you, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, just think about everything that you've done in an Airbnb. Like, right. and I'm, I'm, I'm like, for me, it's just like, Oh, this is like some for real, for real crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Do, yeah, of course. I mean, you just think about being watched, you know, you think about going on cruise ships or staying in hotels or, you know, or bread, bed and breakfast. It's like anybody at any time could probably be filming you, you know, so mm-hmm. it speaks to that, that sort of anxiety of, uh, of, um, what do you call that? Uh, surveillance culture, mm-hmm. you know, and our worries about it. Are, and, um, you know, obviously that's something that people are very, that makes its way into a lot of conspiracy theory, you know, of like being given vaccines that put transmitters in us or that we're all going to have to get barcodes, you know, put into Uh our arms or, uh, you know, we're being tracked and we're being watched while at the same time, we're all willfully carrying around a phone, uh, a device that can be tracked. Uh (laughs) We could be found very easily and very quickly. Uh, We register with, you know, various vehicle you know motor vehicle things we have ids that have our you know i mean it's like we all are being tracked (laughs) you know so the idea that like you know the the conspiracy of that going farther i'm like well i don't know how much further it can go you know i mean they can if somebody wants to find me they'll show up here you know exactly it's like you know the we're we are we we participate and kind of consented to a lot of surveillance. Yeah. Um, that like, this is just, it's the ones that we don't know about. That's the most unsettling. Right. 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 Of course, this takes that to that next level. Yeah. And, that, and then and you, the yeah. fear and the horror and that, that particular cultural anxiety is rooted, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we, by engaging, by simply wanting to engage in like a fun weekend away, you know, it's, you're still, you're still being watched. You're still being, you know, tracked Mm -hmm. and this entity is, you know, taking away it's infringing on your rights. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, I mean, maybe there's something to be said about the fact that like two of the characters are partners in a tech startup. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, which I'm just like, that's it's that. And like immediately you've said everything like we know about them. Like this is, Presumably in Northern California, right? This is presumably in Northern California. Yeah, like they're um, they're two like tech startup people. Um, I think 
uh, Jim, uh, James, Jimmy Kins said that the town that they were in is like one of the northernmost beach towns, northernmost mm. coastal beach towns in California. Okay. Um, and so like, you know, you're pretty, you're going into like the Pacific Northwest, which also has like, you know, all of its fanciful stuff, um, as well. Um, and it's just so interesting. Cause like, you know, you have two people who are like these tech people who don't fit like that kind of classic profile of the nerd, the scholar type right. person, because there's a scene where when they're looking for the cameras, Oh, the transmitter, yeah. Where, They're looking where, for the transmitter. Yeah. Mina and Josh are um, in like a crawl space looking for the transmitter. And she says, what are we looking for? And for me, it's like, if you were in a tech startup, I would figure that maybe you would have a better handle on what it is that you're to be looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would agree with that. You know, I mean, we're not exactly sure the nature of the work that they're doing. You know, if they're, are they building an app? Are they, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't exactly sure. I'd have to watch it again. You're right. It was dark. Um, you know, and obviously being like at a drive-in, there were cars kind of driving by the security guard kept walking back and forth. So I kept getting distracted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple times where our Jeep, uh, it would shut down. Like the radio would turn off. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that preserve. happened twice for us. Yeah. 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 So we had to keep turning it back on. It's like, Oh man, of course, right in the middle of some kind of intense scene. Mm-hmm. So there might've been things we, you know, we just missed. Uh, but yeah, I, I, overall I did, I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I recommend people should go and see it. If you have a drive in near you do that because it's a lot of fun. Um, I think that this is kind of, I think this is something we're going to do a little more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, for us just to feel like we're out like we can kind of go out it feels pretty safe you know you can bring your own food and stuff you don't even need to interact with anybody if you don't want to you just get you know hand over your money and you know come in see the movie and drive away yeah. uh, but i think it'd be fun to organize something with friends with a group of friends you know get three or four cars to go down and you know everybody's kind of in their own bubble but we could see each other it was fun like we were texting back and forth heckling yeah. the movie a little bit and that it felt like we were together um, yes you know because we so, like, you and I have not been in the same room to watch a film since before pandemic yeah. times. Yeah, and so and it was so, like, for me, I was just really happy to be, like, in the your general vicinity again. Right. <laughs> and same, yeah. Because, like, one of the fun things, like, for us is, like, you know, talking at the movie, making yeah. bets on who's going to die. Like, so I made sure to have my phone out, and I was telling, uh, you know my special guy, I said, you know, you gotta just, sorry, don't bother me. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't mind me. I should say, don't right, mind me. Yeah. Cause I'm just, we're, we're my, we're doing our little thing here. Yeah. Well, and it would help. It was helpful just because, you know, of like, what points are you getting? What am I, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. have us both. But it was just, yeah, it was fun. It felt like we were here in my living room watching a movie yeah. and, you know, kind of laughing, heck, you know, at, at it and you know like there was something like Allison Bree's character was screaming or something and it was like girl calm down we're all disappointed this isn't a new season of glow you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> um was there was also playing being you know just having a good time something was a we point... haven't done in a long time exactly exactly there was something that happened like very early like in towards the beginning of the film and like i heard jeffrey laugh <laughs> yeah and i was like oh i miss I like oh i miss i looked over and i'm like i missed that yeah, um yeah there was a few times like our because we just have such dark senses of humor that things would mm-hmm. happen, that we we'd laugh and i'm like oh i think we're probably the only people laughing about that <laughs> yeah but like and and it's so cool because like you, you can People like it was a warm. It's been warm here in San Diego. We're going through a heat wave right now. Southern California is going through a heat wave, and so people were there and like they had the windows rolled down, and so things would happen, and like you could hear people reacting in the other cars. Yeah, that was neat. There was one moment where everybody was like, "Oh, <laughs> like oh, that was so fun." Yeah, and I'm here like to do that more, and I'm here trying to be like, um, I'm trying to not be. As loud, I'm like, oh, mm, get it. Uh, I'm saying my usual stuff here too. Yeah, it was super. It was super fun. It was a fun experience. Again, movie was you know a good time. It, you know, definitely not breaking any new ground. I mean, I do think it speaks a little bit to that anxiety of like surveillance culture. Um, again, because the old man mask, it kind of it brought up like thoughts of you know. Um, 
you know, like that sort of old school horror morality being mm-hmm. played out on these people. Because uh, mm-hmm. obviously the cameras pick up some salacious things. And so the killer mm-hmm. is, you know, possibly making choices based on that. We don't really know. Very Pamela Voorhees. Yeah, very, yeah. yeah very much so. Um, you know, so it's like, there is that kind of clashing of like, you know, that it feels again, like a very old school horror film with new age problems with modern, you know, uh, concerns. And so it was kind of fun, you know, that sort of clash from somebody who obviously again, has seen a lot of films that we've watched and that we've uh, talked about. And this is their Mm -hmm. way of kind of synthesizing that horror, uh, you know, and making, you know, again, like Rob Zombie made, you know, house of thousand corpses out of a love of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and other films like that, or, um, you know, hereditary and the witch and, you know, Midsommar, we're seeing these kind of films that sort of echo those slower burns of like the sixties, you know, like Rosemary's baby or, you know, the Stepford wives or something. I, I feel like we're, Again, we're kind of seeing where how like Jordan Peele's doing Get Out and what he's doing with horror. You know, now we're kind of seeing as other people are coming up what they're how they're approaching modern modern horror. You know, with this sort of language that that we're all familiar with. So, I recommend mm-hmm. checking it out, dear listener. Uh, you know, but the so you know, I expectation as, at a. <laughs> as is with most drive-in movies, right? So this one had, you pay your price for this theater and it, you get two movies, You, which is, yeah. you know, a steal. You make an evening out of it. Did you stay for the second? We did not stay for okay. the second, yeah, no. But the second was um, not a horror. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you were to do um, a drive-in, so, you know, I'm not trying to completely rip off horror movie night here, but if you were to do <laughs> a drive-in double feature with... The rental, what would you pair it with? Hmm. Would you stay horror? Would you try to pair it with like something light? Yeah, <laughs> no, I would much rather, I would not want to see a comedy at a drive in. Like, I really, t- like, I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at a drive in, in, you know, in a cornfield in Ohio. That was freaky. Uh, I saw signs that way. You know, there's, uh, I, I really like the. I think the drive-in serves a really cool purpose for horror, you know, mm-hmm. for me. I mean, certainly people want to go and see comedy or they want to see a musical. Or they want to see whatever at a drive-in. Certainly go and support that. I, you know, great. Uh, but no, I would probably want to pair it either, either go really old school. Well, not old, you know, but like do like the rental with like the original Friday the 13th could be fine mm-hmm. uh, as a double feature. The rental in Cabin in the Woods or Evil Dead. Um, mm-hmm. Uh something like that. I would want to pair it with something classic. Yeah. You know, um, even, even like Texas chainsaw, you know, um, could be fun. I would probably build that second. <laughs> you know, so see the, the rental would be the first one, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then see something, you know, kind of old, old school. Uh, what about you? Um, I was thinking if I wanted to keep it horror, I was definitely thinking cabin in the woods. Um, Although Evil Dead would be a, would be another fun one yeah. um, as well. The Strangers would the uh, Strangers that would be cool. Funny people um, along that lines of like you know we um, along the along those lines. Um, I, however, if I wanted to do something not horror, just you know change it up and make it, but still on theme, I'd probably do Couples Retreat with uh, yeah. Vince Vaughn and Kristen Bell. I have no um, idea what that is. I've never heard of that. Just a fun, silly comedy um, yeah. about couples on a retreat. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> and I think, like, um, the last thought that I have about this is that, like, you know, we're also seeing a point, you know, we are talking in the first segment about, um, in our little catch-up, about how people are going out, people are taking vacations again. Right. And they're going, they're maybe not going to hotels, but they're going to Airbnbs. Like you're seeing a lot of people do an Airbnb type thing. Yeah. And I feel like this is an interesting kind of like, this is an interesting kind of horror film to kind of have in the middle of all of this, because it seems very um, prescient, very much current about, you know, coming things that are happening and i started to think about it in terms of like a covid context right where it's like oh we think we're safe here at this airbnb right 
but like you know there are this like unseen external force that's trying to come and kill us right that and like the because again like you know there's there's risks in everything nothing is 100 percent safe and so in this situation i feel like you know i'm not saying that um i'm not going so far as to say that like the killer is you know um coronavirus or anything but it just feels like you know now that people are starting to think about going to Airbnbs, I feel like if they see this, it's going to be... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give them a little more pause. Well, I think this is a great example of kind of our overall thesis for this show. I mean, they wrote this film and they started... Uh, it looks like it was filmed between April and May of 2019. So long before there was mm-hmm. even thoughts of the coronavirus, you know, or, or the shutdown. So having it be released in the midst of this contextualizes the film in a specific way. Like if we just saw this, you know, you know, in the before times, we wouldn't be giving it that sort of reading. We would be like, Oh, you know, this just speaks to that kind of, um, you know, anxiety of vacationing somewhere that, you know, isn't, you don't really have control over, you know, what the owners may or may not be doing. Like, you know, you stay at a hotel, there's a certain, expectation you know yeah. mm-hmm. like what's happened to, but you know you're just staying in some stranger's house with their things you don't really know you know could have just be speaking to that kind of anxiety um you know and again just being a typical slasher type horror film you know mm-hmm. for, for you know with these like yuppie type characters um but instead because it was released in the midst we, we're gonna give it we're just going to see it in a different way. So it totally, you know, it's like, I really doubt that they, you know, obviously they weren't thinking we were going to be in a pandemic when it was released. Yeah. You know, just like a lot of the films we talk about and we go, Oh man, you know, this was going on and that was going on. And now 10 years later, like, do you see how this is speaking to this or that when, you know, maybe the, that wasn't even something that they were necessarily thinking the creators of a film, the the Mm -hmm. artists behind it are, are thinking of that. Uh, you know, so this is a really perfect example about how horror really matters and how it's the the larger context. Yeah. So, and this is a great example of that where we can get this reading. Exactly. And, you know, to piggyback off of that too, like, would this have come out on a wider release? Like, you know, that's the other thing we don't know. We can't, we can speculate all we want and, you know, we can read interviews and stuff, but like, there was probably no way in hell that this was going to be like a movie you would see at a drive-in at a drive-in theater. It no. just happened, like just like you know, the film right after it. Like these are all things that would have probably been VOD or had like limited release. You know, it had like maybe two showings a day for three weeks and then be done with it. No. But like you know, this film is gonna have it has legs has a has the ability to not only be available like in your home but like you can go and see it on like a large screen which it was probably was probably not the way that i would have seen it like i probably would have rented it instead of going out and actually watching it in theater um which i did rent it and that's anticipated what i did but you know the the, the i feel like also we should, you know, we should, it should be said that like the, the time of the distancing, this, you know, the pandemic is, is, um, positioning things differently than probably how they initially were going to be. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Everything's had to catch up and, and, and re, you know, find new bearings. So, mm-hmm. and in a positive way, like in yeah. a positive way, like I think seeing it on a big screen like this to a much, a much wider audience is probably going to be, is probably, um, not something that they anticipated with this yeah. film. And who knows? Uh, I mean, it did get, you know, it was released in some theaters. Uh, it looks like um, receive, let's see, came the, it be, it's the second film to top both the video on demand charts and the box office in the same wow. weekend. So it did have a limited, you know, but again, you know, the choices, everything. I mean, who knows? We just, we have no idea, you know, because we, we only have this one reality that we're currently operating in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, you know, regardless, dear listener, we hope that uh, you'll check it out um, and, uh, you know, give us your thoughts, share, share, share what you think. Um, otherwise, we can't wait to see you next, uh, you know, Sunday, August 23rd. We're going to be doing a live stream, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Check us out on our Facebook page at Fright School. Like you can find every us everywhere. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. 
going to interact with you a little bit and uh, talk about uh, Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight, Knight with a K. Yes, with <laughs> Knight, Demon Knight. Uh, Joe, this was a lot of fun. It was good to see you. I was really happy that we got to do this. Um, felt like, you know, felt a little normal. Uh, a little and, normal. Uh, and then I'll see you. Yeah, and I'll see you in person again soon because there's other things that are coming out. So, yeah. Yay. Yay. All righty. Well, you have a very good night and we will see you soon. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.